Welcome back to Hops and Box Office Flops. This is the final episode of I Drink and He Knows Things. The battle for the throne is over. So hit the intro. We'll be right back. Be aware there are spoilers ahead. Hops and Box Office Flops. A place where we can celebrate the underdog films, the bombs, the disasters, the much maligned movies that have drowned in their infamy. So please sit back, grab a beer, and enjoy the show. Welcome back. I am the Thunderous Wizard, a.k.a. at WriterTLK on Twitter. And this is I Drink and He Knows Things for at RevengeTheFans.com. Along with me is... Captain Cash. How's it going, everybody? So let's just get right into it. The journey is over. Uh, When we last discussed the show, uh, I revealed that there was a heavy favorite in Vegas to sit upon what's left of the Iron Throne. And he was the winner. Yeah. So I've I've known for basically three weeks that if Vegas was tracking correctly, that was going to be the result. And I just kept hoping against hope that that wasn't the case because uh, narratively, it makes little to no sense. What did you think? So I guess we should say it was Bran yes. sitting on the Iron Throne. The the second Stark son, the boy who was pushed out the window in the very first episode, uh, the three-eyed raven is now king. I guess that job's not important, being the three-eyed raven, because now he can't be that. I guess, yeah, I mean, well, no, he can still be that. He's just that and king. I, I think it's funny that he doesn't want to be you know, Lord of Winterfell because he's a three-eyed raven. But, oh, I'll be king, though. I, I, can, I can do that. And be the three-eyed so, raven. So, snap uh, assessment. I'm not sure if this is his ending or not. If it is, I'm 100% positive that it would be much more well-fleshed out than this was. Yeah. Uh, this, it's, it's entirely possible that this character has an, a completely different ending in, in the thing Martin will ultimately write. But you get the sense that Martin handed over, like, okay, here are the main points. John's going to kill Danny. Bran's going to sit on the Iron Throne. Sansa becomes the Queen of Winterfell. Here you go. And and the the showrunners, the, the Double Ds, Dan and D.B. Weiss, just kind of like, all right, well, well, make it happen. Doesn't matter if it makes sense. That's what's supposed to happen. So these last two seasons are kind of like when you watch a video on like one and a half or two times speed. And you get the gist of it, but you don't really get the full effect. So I'm at the point, like, I, I'm just so disappointed. I almost wish as if it would have ended with season six, and then there is no resolution, because the resolution we got wasn't done well enough for what the show, I, I think, kind of deserved. I mean, I, I'm not going to say it's lazy, because I think maybe that's being overly negative, what I will say is maybe there was some exhaustion that set in because this production is so monumental and so much special effect work goes into it, so much practical effect work goes into it. 
the shooting schedule is intense. It's rigorous. It's hard on the actors. And it's probably difficult on the writers as well. And I think maybe it came to a point where the the toll had been taken creatively on them. Yeah. Uh, that's possible too. And, uh, you know, I think it's easy to Monday morning quarterback this thing. Oh, what I'd have done different because I'm sure it was very difficult. But at the end of the day, I also know what <laughs> I know what I don't like. And I got to yeah. tell you, I just it wasn't particularly narratively satisfying. Uh, uh, I mean, it, it doesn't make no sense, I guess I should say. So, you know, it, logically, I can understand how they came to those choices. I just how we arrived there seems so haphazard. And with the barest, like, logic possible, that I, just uh, feels... Yeah, I agree. I think, like, you know, this this uh, episode was a lot like many of the episodes of the last two seasons, where at times it was brilliant, i.e. Uh, John and Tyrion talking when Tyrion's being held for treason, or uh, Tyrion weeping over the fallen bodies of his brother and sister who had been buried beneath the rubble. Uh, you know, like, at even moments of Tyrion's sort of speech, even though that council was like, is like, one, why are these people the ones to decide who's going to be king? This makes no sense. Mm. Um, but, you know, like, he had, he, he carried the episode. His acting really carried the episode. John did his, you know, grimace face. Yeah. Um, so here I mean- are my... Uh, I, I will say that th- this show has never suffered because of the acting. Oh, no. Definitely uh, the, not. The show has suffered mostly because of the writing and the words. That's been the, the killer part. <laughs> so the things I, I think that bugged me the most was, you know, we got the Mad Queen turn. We didn't like it. We we talked about that extensively in the last episode of this. Yeah. And then in this episode, she's like just totally lost her mind. She's like, she thinks she's righteous. You know, gone is that like sort of distressed, like conflicted face, and she's like, "Now I'm going to go liberate the world." Yeah, and they, they leaned pretty heavily into that fascist imagery of her standing on top of oh, the, big time, uh, yeah, the thing with talking to her troops, shouting like, "This feels very General Hux in Star Wars Four, or what it was, Star Wars uh, Episode Seven, and yeah, Episode that- Seven. Yeah. It, it seems kind of ham-handed, but all right, okay, I get, um, I get what you're trying to do. So you know, we get that speech from Tyrion to John, like you know, she did, she did this, and she did this, and and I'm like, oh, you know what, he does have a point. But then I'm also thinking, like, yes, she killed evil men. He makes a point to say, like, she's going to rid the world of these evil men who have, yeah, basically in prison. And then it's like, hey, buddy, what about when she lit like three thousand women and children on fire? What did they do? You know, like, so I get that she's going to rid the world of the oppressors, but you also spent 30 minutes of an episode making me watch her kill innocent people. Yeah. Which just, it, it still just didn't add up, even with his, like, little eloquent little breakdown of it. And I'm like, yeah, you know, that is right. But it all comes back to, well, she still massacred thousands of innocents. To the point of exhaustion, when I say I think these guys maybe had just been through too much, how many, like, mistakes can we have in the last few episodes of the show you've got the coffee cup now you've got uh, samuel tarley's water bottle yeah you've got editing and continuity errors where 
John is in the street, and Grey Worm, who's turned into a psychopath as well, he's murdering people. And John and, John and Davos are like, well, you got to go talk to the queen. So they leave him there, right, behind. In the very next shot we get, Grey Worm's at the top of the steps that John's walking up. It's like, guys, and Davos is nowhere to be seen. So it's like, I mean, certainly time could have passed, but if you don't convey that in any way, it's just it looks like it's been hastily edited and poorly edited. Yeah, teleporting unsullied, it's a thing. Oh, and then I think my biggest issue, right? You have this round table of people, most of which would not be in that position. Mm-hmm. And not one of them goes, well, I know John killed the queen, but he was the rightful heir. And we know this because of X, Y, and Z. Nobody says a word about that. So it doesn't matter they killed her. He was the rightful heir. Not one mention of it. And then, you know, when we were talking, like, it turns out like him being a Targaryen meant zero. Literally nothing. It didn't you even come into play that one time. in the mm-hmm. biggest moment, you know? Yeah. It's just I... like, come on, guys. At least mention it. Yeah, and like I know Tyr- Tyrion is there. You know who has a great story? Bran the Broken. Yeah, you know who has a better story? The guy who died and came back to life. <laughs> who led the war for the, the living. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's the... Oh, and the guy who is actually the rightful heir. Maybe he's got a pretty good story, too. And, I, like, I get it. They're trying to do bittersweet, but it, it's, it goes back to... The path they chose to achieve their means did not track terribly well logically. Why like it's, not, would, uh, it's not out yeah. of nowhere crazy. It's not like Grey Worm seated on the Iron Throne or you're on Greyjoy or Yara or, or someone. Like, so I guess, okay, Bran can sit on the Iron Throne, but... You know who else has a better story than Bran? His sister who killed the Night King. Or literally anyone. Yeah, <laughs> and any of the characters that didn't disappear for a whole season and hasn't spent the last season and a half just kind of staring into the middle distance, making ominous prophecies yeah. to whomever you know, will listen. You know what doesn't inspire people as a story, Tyrion? Sitting in the God's Wood, waiting to be killed while everybody else fights to save you. I'm going away now. Where are you going? Yeah. What do you, what do you do? Come on. Uh... Yeah. I, you know, it, it is what it is. Uh, it, it's still credit to, to all the people who are on this show. There's a lot of great moments, even in this episode, even though I didn't like it. Uh, Brian of Tarth being head of the King's guard. Yeah. That was nice. And writing in the book. I thought that was a nice little moment. I did think they went, they veered way too hard into time to pander to people. And, it, yeah. you know, Samwell walks in with a smile on his face. He's like, it's the song of Ice and Samwell, the Archmaster. Yeah. Braun, the... everybody's favorite, is the, the yeah, Lord of Highgarden. And he's making jokes about uh, brothels. And it's like, yeah. this is way too cutesy for me, man. Uh, by the time they got to that point, it was basically like, okay, here's fan service of the show. Like yeah. us, please. I did enjoy oh. John going back to the north to essentially be the leader of the free folk. Yeah. You know, because I think that's what he really wanted anyways, to not be confined to the constraints of like the the rules of the Seven Kingdom. 
kingdoms. Yeah. So, you know, there were moments, but again, like it all comes back. The big things that had to hit didn't hit for me. Yeah. And everything went out with like a whimper instead of a bang. And so this show that I was so heavily emotionally invested in, and, you know, we've on and off talked about it since it started and even before it started because we were reading the books. It just felt like I had no real reaction to the ending. It's like, oh, it's over. Yeah. I mean, my my stance on it is meh. Like, I, I'm not angry about what I saw, uh, but neither am I that excited. I, I it was it was an ending. That's that's really it. I'm certainly not angry. No, I I'm more sort of perturbed by, you know, it's three episodes to go, and here's. Uh, boss number one, the Night King, yeah. he's done. Here's boss number two, Cersei, she's done. And here's boss number three, the Mad Queen. It just keeps like shifting. And yeah. you can tell there's no real focus to it. So when you when you really built up this threat of the undead army, and then they're just gone, and there's no real resolution, and you don't know what they're after, and there's there's no further exploration. Like, I thought the Three-Eyed Raven would be able to give us some friggin' insight. Mm. into you know that dynamic and how everything went south for the for the children of the forest and you know i also thought maybe like it would make narrative sense that he became king to give the land back to the children of the forest but you know none of that is ever mentioned again and that's what disappointed me most because there's such a rich lore to the show oh sure yeah Um, i mean i've always said the difference between this in Tolkien is Tolkien wrote a, a legendarium, but George R. R. Martin wrote a history. There is yeah. a, a complex, detailed history for at least the 300 years of Targaryen rule that George R. R. Martin has clearly ret- written out and thought about, which is, is truly an impressive feat. Um, but they just, and, and you know, the show can't go into all that, and I get that. No, but, it's, it's totally understandable because yeah. it's. It's insane the amount of world building and crafting he's done for the series. Yeah. You know, like I, I have Fire and Blood. I'm gonna start reading. Oh yeah, that's good. Um, you know, and that's all about the Targaryens and that stuff. Like, yeah, you got little bits and pockets of it if you own the Blu-rays and you do like the learn more about whatever. Yeah. But I mean, these are these are hundreds of other pages of of text he wrote that literally have nothing to do with the main storyline. If only he could, you know, finish the main storyline. Yeah. You I, know, maybe it's a, maybe it's a separation thing for him. Like when the story's over, it's over, you know, yeah. like it's the fear of the finalization of it, you know, it being gone from your life. I don't really know. I mean, it's the books are so vast. Yeah. Well, I've heard the conspiracy theorists saying that, He's got the next two books already written. He was just waiting for Game of Thrones to wrap up, and now he's going to drop the the final season or the final two books, one right after the other. And I'm like, all right, well, I guess we'll see, fellas. Well, according to your buddy, uh, uh, what's his name? He was the head of the Kingsguard. Uh, he got killed in Marine. Barrison Selmy? Yeah, that actor, Barrison Selmy. He said they are done. He said it at a Comic Con, apparently. Uh, but George R. refuted that. So yeah, I was gonna say that I, I forget that actor's name, Ian Mix something oh, or the other. Yeah. yeah, 
Uh, I just I don't know that I trust him to be the most accurate source of information, but who knows? Maybe now, he does have some secret knowledge. Would it make sense to me that he had a sort of gentleman's agreement not to release them until the show was over? Because, you know, honestly, when you watch them, you'd be, and if you were a reader of the books, would you even bother watching the last two seasons? Had the books come out and you knew that the seasons were going to be this sort of truncated and, you know, forced? Probably not. Yeah. I wouldn't, you know? Yeah. If they'd have told me last season, oh, you're, uh, no, I'd still watch it. Yeah, because I mean, it, I, I think at this point I, they're so they're so different at this stage that even if George R. R. Martin's books hit the same beats, it'll be such a wildly different story to get there that it'll still be worth my time. I mean, you already know that the books are going to be vastly different in certain respects because, yeah. I mean, for example, right now Brian of Tarth is on has been tasked with a mission of killing Jamie Lannister, or yeah. she'll die, you know, or she'll be executed by. Lady Stoneheart. So yeah, who does not that alone show. is much different, right? You know, like yeah, her mission is taking her in a totally different direction than the show ever took her. So there will be, uh, in certain respects at least, like just large scale differences. I mean, just think about the whole Sansa Ramsay Bolton stuff because Sansa wasn't married to Ramsay Bolton in the books, so it was a fake. Sansa, you know, so there's all sorts of stuff like that that'll yeah. uh, change things up. All right, so do you do you have any lingering questions or regrets? You know, things that you wish would have been answered. I mean, obviously, you mentioned the three-eyed raven, mm. which I would agree. I I kind of wish it was less ambiguous. Any kind of so I don't I don't really have any lingering questions. I mean, it's it's over, and. Honestly, I think it was more about the journey. You know, this show had some of the highest highs of any show out there, and even its lowest lows, which were admittedly pretty bad, still it still was operating at a level that most shows can't even touch. Oh. So ultimately, does the ending taint the legacy to some degree? Sure, because it is in how you stick the landing. But you know, you think back to season two in the Battle of Blackwater and three in the Red Wedding and the Battle of the Bastards and you know the fight of the mountain versus the Viper and all this are such were such amazing moments in television that moments you know, this that is still no other show could really even approach the scale right. of them. Sort of just everything that went into the hard home. Oh sure. Know, even the journey of uh, north of the wall to claim a white walker as yeah. idiotic as the sort of the timeline of that became like no other show could do that it it had the feel of a big screen movie like it was that well done the costumes the sets the acting was as good as you'd see on television so to me that's the larger legacy of the show is simply just the quality of it and how yeah. good it was and how it was a cultural phenomenon like going to work people are talking about this show like it's a water cooler show which there's very few of anymore you know 19 million people watched this last night even popular shows don't even like come close to scratching that sort of number anymore because there's just such a diversity to what you can watch on television um there's so many different options that it's not like dallas you know there's four channels or whatever in 1980 yeah every year 
so tens of millions of people are all watching the same show. They're all talking about the same show. It's a rarity for that to sort of happen. I think probably Breaking Bad was probably a bit like that. Oh, sure. That was like, you know, an immense, immensely popular show and had sort of the same drive to it. And I think also if shows aren't weekly anymore, people are binging them all and they're ahead of people that kind of skews the conversation. Like, I think this was one of the, it's going to be a while before we have a show like this that week to week is driving the online conversation to such a degree that you can't even yeah. step foot in that sort of uh, atmosphere without having stuff ruined for you. Yeah, I, I mean, I think you're absolutely right. This this is a show that comes along maybe once a generation, once every 15 or 20 years. So, you know, and honestly, I, I'm a huge fantasy nerd. So that for a, you know, a shining moment, the greatest thing on television was a full-on swords and sorcery epic to me was just amazing. So, And to have it as popular as it became. You yeah. know, like, that was an awesome thing. Like, the books I, uh, prior to the show were sort of a niche, uh, you know, tale. It wasn't like this thing was selling gangbusters. It was yeah. popular, but it wasn't. It's like any really popular fantasy novel. Just because it's popular in fantasy doesn't mean it's what you define as generally popular. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I get, you know, I think we've sort of discussed the legacy and how we feel it'll be going forward, and I think it'll be largely positive. This season's going to have a negative conversation for a while. That's unavoidable. Yeah. People are unhappy. And that's their right to sort of be unhappy. Stop making dumb petitions to have shows rewritten just because you don't like them. Yeah, you know? no, I I understand where the, that's coming from, but that's that's childish and silly to the point where I'm kind of like, come come on, everybody, let's really we're not we're not doing that. You know, you want to do something good? Why don't you start a fundraiser to? Uh, for wildlife refuge to get George to finish the books faster. He's huge <laughs> into preserving the wolf population. Start a fundraiser, help save the wolves. Maybe it'll get him to write a little faster. There you go. Just take his yeah. mind off of it. Let's do something positive. Yeah. Uh, so quick, favorite character, favorite episode, and maybe the most disappointing thing now that the show is officially done. Well, fa- favorite character, I have long said my favorite character is the Red Viper. I loved Oberyn Motel. I thought he was awesome and hilarious. And Gone too death, soon. Yeah. Well, his death was perfect because, like, you imagine, like, when I was reading the books and even watching the show, they do this thing where you're kind of bouncing from main protagonist to main protagonist. You know, oh, it's Ned. Oh, it's not Ned. Okay, it's, it's Rob. Oh, it's not Rob. It's a, okay, it's, it's this other person. And by the time you get to, to Oberyn, Oberyn has been kind of a snarky asshole the entire time, but then he steps up and he's going to save Tyrion's life. And it turns out he is this master fighter and he owns the mountain. And in the last moments, because he's monologuing, he gets like, and the way the show translated him getting his head exploded is something that just stuck in the cultural zeitgeist, like nobody's business. Yeah. So like it just, and having that like that in that moment, that's when it really hit me that, oh, shit, there's not a happy ending for this. And I, I don't know. I, I love that. My favorite episode. Uh, that was oh. a real uh, 
I remember two moments just distinctly in the books being like, oh no. Like, just like yeah. in my head hearing, oh no, the Red Wedding and realizing the Red Viper had gotten too close to the mountain. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh no. Yeah. Uh, but my favorite, my favorite episode, that's a tough call. Um, mm, I loved Hard Home. I loved, what was, uh, I, I think it was The Winds of Winter. The one where Cersei blows up the, the Sept. I thought that was incredible. That was incredible, yeah. That was a great episode. Uh, the final episode of season four where Brienne and the, the Hound fight over Arya. I thought just, was just incredible, just a, too. a real Donnybrook. Oh, man, I remember watching that fight. And the whole time you're like, yeah! Oh, wait, no! I like that character. Yeah, it's it's tough to root against the hound, but you yeah. also you know like, and you definitely don't want Brienne to die. So, yeah, like it was just it was the perfect storm of I like both of these characters so much, and neither is necessarily wrong. <laughs> and just the fight was so incredibly brutal and amazing, very intense. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's hard to pick a favorite. What about you? Favorite character? Favorite episode? Favorite character I have, I, I have two because there's one that I would, if I were living in this time and, and, and place, I'd be actually nothing like them, but I love the Hound, and yeah. I actually think he has one of the better character arcs in the show. Oh, sure. Um, because he's a begrudging sort of hero towards the end, and he actually does care for Ira Stark, even though he may not show it, you know? Yeah. He protected her, and they have that great dynamic where it's basically hate love. Where yeah. he, you know, the Ari and the Hound Roadshow was some of the highlights of this yeah. whole series. It's sort of she learns a lot from him, and then at the end, like he saves her. You know, don't become me. Like, look what this this quest for vengeance has done to me. You know, nothing yeah. good has come of of this sort of pursuit or this life. So I really like that. But I would not be anything like the Hound. The Hound's like just the most ruthless dude, and he's definitely yeah. looking out for number one. Uh, my favorite was always was always Ned, and then by default, sort of Jon Snow becoming him. You know, mm. I, I always dug the honor. Like he wanted to do the right thing, and he kind of gets betrayed by uh, his naivete in that way. Yeah, and that's his undoing. And I just always loved that character. And I mean, to me, that's the driving point of the show. Like when he gets executed, that hooks you so much. You want the payback for yeah. for the for him. And then, of course, you know the Starks are sort of almost a Shakespearean tragedy through most of the thing. So, you know, one thing after another, just terrible things happen to that family. So to yeah. see them sort of rise up in the end is great. And my most disappointing thing. Uh, was the way they handled Cersei at the end? I that was uh, not that was not earned for her in the slightest. Um, I thought it was sort of cheap and kind of gross because she was such an awful character. To yeah. then like give her this moment where it's like, no, she didn't do anything in the show to deserve some sort of redemption, like ever. Yeah. So I really that disappointed me greatly. Uh, yeah, when they. It wasn't so much. Yeah, I, I didn't think the way she died was particularly deserving, but I can understand the whole you don't always get what you deserve. 
for me, it was they had the gall to play music like I'm supposed to feel sympathy for Cersei. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, hold on. Nah. Yeah, you, no. I, I've spent literally the last eight years disliking this character. I mean, the only time you made me like her a little bit was how much she had to suffer when she walked through the streets of King's Landing. And even then, I still don't necessarily think she didn't maybe get what she deserved. So <laughs> now you know, it, in this 11th hour, you're like, oh, no, isn't it sad? I'm like, no, no, it's not sad. I don't. Yeah. If she had been sitting in the Red Keep, like screaming, no, not, you know, not the women and children. And how is she, what, what is, what is happening? And like, Quiburn's like, we have to leave me lady or whatever, you know, whatever. Yeah. But no, she's sitting there. She's realizing like, oh, I'm not queen anymore. She's only thinking about herself in the moment. Yeah. So it's like, you know, how can I get behind her? Oh, I forgot favorite episode. It's definitely Hard yeah. Home. Hard Home was it? I mean, that, season five, I thought was among the weaker of the seasons. But man, Hard Home was so good. Hard Home and John's realization that they were essentially screwed as all the dead rise up as he's in this boat kind of. Oh. Staring down away. Night's King, yeah. I, I thought that was so awesome. But that also you know, leads to another one of my great disappointments is that you kind of feel like you're going to have this fight between John and, and he, and it never yeah. comes. Um, and that, that was kind of a letdown. I mean, it's not that I cared that Ira got the kill. Yeah. Uh, but, the, you know, it was, it really it was just the whole sort of simple conclusion to it that killed me. They got peace dead. Yeah. They're all dead now. They all disappeared. It was very, uh, oh, you killed the the main vampire, so all the other vampires disappear. Yeah. It was very tidy. I, and I, I don't, I'm of the, and I know people, some people I know absolutely love that Arya killed the Night's King. I'm ambivalent. It's one of those, well, yeah, I mean, logically, I can see how it happened. I don't know that it actually thematically fits with the rest of the story, but okay. Kind of like how <laughs> Bran is yeah. on the Iron Throne. Yeah. You know, I guess in my in my mind, I always thought like Cersei would be forced to join forces with them, mm. and then they'd fight together, and then in a moment of, I wouldn't say weakness, but when Cersei felt there was an opportunity for betrayal, Jamie would have to uh, kill her to save the queen. You know. Yeah. Maybe, but again, it's not like I looked at this thing based upon like the way I thought it would go because. One, every one of our wild predictions for the most part was incorrect. So yeah. it's not I like can, I, I can wholeheartedly say my, my, uh, what are you, my expectations were subverted. Oh, definitely. You know, I just wish they'd taken their time with it. And then, you know, yeah. like a lot of this stuff seeing, you know, feels a little bit, as we say earned a lot. I mean, just more developed. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, I think that that's the biggest thing. Like, Crafting such a story takes time. And they took a lot of time in getting to this final sort of this is the this is the end, the climax. Here's where yeah. everything comes to a head. And it just seemed they went like from zero to sixty as quickly as possible, but as soon as they got there. Like, all right, we're we're at the end game now. You know? It's like you know, like say what was Avengers was what the twenty third movie Avengers Infinity War or whatever. Yeah. So you get to movie twenty three and all of a sudden movie twenty three is an hour and a half long and the story's over. Yeah. You know, 
that's kind of what it felt like to me. Like, yeah, there's going to be great moments in there, but a lot of them are just not going to make sense within the framework of having such a constraint. Yeah, and it's it's funny when you think about you know how many years this thing had, and what is it, seventy three, seventy four hours of television. Yep, it just feel feels like it needed more room to breathe. Yeah, and uh, I've said it before. I didn't want the lasting image of the show to be one that was negative because it had been so good leading up to it. Yeah, but I mean, like, it's just it's. I haven't written my review yet, but you know, it's hard. I can't give this episode a positive review because it just didn't do the things it needed to do well enough. Yeah, and I'm, you know, I'm trying to steer away from the conversation. But it's hard. Like, people are disappointed, and it's everywhere. It's pervasive. It's a bummer. Yeah, it's a bummer. Still, I mean, it. It could have been worse. It wasn't the the worst possible ending. It just wasn't a good one. But you know, if if I try to think of it as being about the journey, you know, the the real Game of Thrones was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> yeah, I think that you know these guys did an incredible job translating an incredible, incredibly difficult piece of source material that would be a tall task for any writer. Yeah. Uh, and they they really did a, just a wonderful job with it. And when it came to the ending, and a lot of people struggle with endings, they stumbled a bit. So that's yep. that happens, um, and for more, much more frequently than people would like to admit. You know, so it's really hard to wrap up a show like this, and especially one that has so many fan expectations just swirling mm. around it. It's going to be impossible to please everybody. The, the thing that just sucks the most about it is that I don't really think they please the majority of people. So <laughs> not, not very many people were happy, which is how you know it's a good compromise <laughs> and a good show ending. <laughs> yeah. You know, but then again, maybe in uh, 20 years, people look at it differently. I don't know. Like now, I, I, people swear the Sopranos uh, finale is incredible and i know at the time the conversation around that wasn't exactly super ex- excited yeah you know? i do not believe that this will improve with age i don't either because i think the more people rewatch it because i'm planning on rewatching the whole show now and going oh, wow. back through and and watching the histories again and kind of just diving back into the universe and You're i just a braver think man the, than me the last season in particular will stick out like a sore thumb because seven, I did the last two, yeah. Seven still seemed like it was gearing you toward the, the the final conflict, which was between man and the undead. Yeah, that's true. You know, like there was still that focus there. But I do, I, I do want to go back, and I'm I'm going to read Fire and Blood. Uh, I'm excited for the next episode of Fire and Blood, so I can finally find out what happens to Duncan Egg. They owe me that much. That's all. At this point, that's all I care about. Yeah. And I, I know they die in the tragedy in Summer Hall, but you know. Tell me about the She-Wolves of Winterfell and tell me about their adventures in the Iron Islands and those kinds of things. So I guess my last question is, is are the prequel things still happening? Because I know a couple were shelved. According to apparently, George, one is still happening. Apparently three are still happening, right? I think like, they might want to pump the brakes on that. But How much money can they throw at Maisie Williams to do the Pirate Aria series? Yeah. Assassin's I, Creed. 
<laughs> Assassin's Creed four and a half Aria Aria I flag. Think, uh, you know, I, I I would like some time off. I'd like yeah. some time to recuperate. Well, I mean, what is it? Who is it? Naomi Watts is heading up one of those. I believe so. Yeah, it's like Saved by the yeah. Bell, the new class, man. You gotta give me some time. I'm not over Slater yet. Don't worry, they'll br- they'll bring back. Uh, <laughs> who's oh, the? Ner- oh, they'll bring back Sam. Yeah, they'll bring back Dust- Sam to like kind smooth the transition. Yeah. Oh, by the way, he works for Mr. Belding now. It's like this is what became of Screech. Wasn't he the smartest kid in school? A lot of wasted potential there. A lot of Remember he, he was the Valley Victorian, and they gave it to Jesse because he felt bad. Now he's like <laughs> taking notes for building at <laughs> curriculum meetings. Come on, I'm not buying it. Well, you know, um... he built a robot for Pete's sake. <laughs> but but could the robot love? If the robot could have loved, it would have been different. I don't remember. Kevin did have a range of emotions, but I'm not sure what they were. <laughs> this, All right, well, this pod took a hard left turn somewhere. We'll end it on that. Uh, uh, if Kevin were in West- Westeros, would he be king? I'd say yes. Yeah, well, I mean, Bran's king, so obviously, yeah. Yeah. Boy, they got a lot of work to do on that castle to make it handicap accessible. Well, I mean, Dro- Drogon already kind of took care of the the chair I mean, thing. He's like, oh, look, our king's already got a chair. We're good to go. Certainly, like, it's you know. redundant. He blew up the castle. Just take it down to one floor. Yeah. Done and done. Yeah. All right. Well, that was I Drink and He Knows Things. Game of Thrones is over. It's all over. Put the cry in for us. Uh, what, what do we say to the God of Death? Not until the sequels. Yeah. Not until Fire and Blood. Yeah. Uh, well, let me just say. It pleases me to be here with you at the end of all things. Yep. If, only, if anything else, this has just taught me that Tolkien still remains the greatest fantasy author. Prove me wrong, GRR. Put out two more books. Hey, I, I, I can hear him now. He's a challenge accepted. Like, oh, I was going to say wolves, but yeah. son of a bitch on a podcast. I'm going to throw him. Yeah. G- George, we know you're listening. We swear we'll we'll adopt three wolves and start a uh, fund for a wildlife refuge. Just finish the books. I can't George, promise I'll, you there'll be a lot of funds, but I'll fund the genetic research that will create an actual dragon. Just finish the books, please. Yeah. Uh, all right, everybody. Well, good luck. We'll uh, we'll have Captain Cash back for uh, well Comic Con for one thing because we'll be uh, together at San up. Diego Comic Con. We'll do a special pod there. And in the meantime, maybe we'll we'll try and find a uh, really bad Marvel movie from years past. Of there, there are many uh, to do a pot about. Punisher, Captain America. I'd Man, love for being the, real. Uh, any of the Ghost Rider films. Yeah, the Dolph Lundgren Punisher is definitely worth exploring. Yeah, well, heck, we could do a a video pod of us in full cosplay. We'll see what happens. All right, we'll see you around. All right, bye-bye.